Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and we are one week closer to the CFL football season. Welcome to the show for this week. Very pleased to have in studio for the full hour on the show this Sunday afternoon, quarterback James Franklin of the Edmonton Eskimos. Hey, James, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming in. Appreciate your time today. Yes, sir. I'm uh, glad I could come. Uh, tell me about it, uh, about your season last year. First off, let's start with the off season. You uh, you spent a lot of time in Edmonton this off season, didn't you? Yes, sir. I've uh, been here. I'm converting to be, I believe, what they call an Edmontonian. Um, but uh, been here for I guess like four or five months or so. Many years ago, when Mike Tyson was going to fight here, Don King came to town and he called us all Edmonites. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't go by that though. Edmontonian is the correct okay, phrase. So you get bonus, you get bonus points for that. So. <laughs> oh yes, sir. I've definitely enjoyed uh, my time here. Um, getting to know the city a little bit better and finding out what there is to do around here. Getting to know some friends and establish some roots uh, with my wife and I both here. So what is to do around here? What'd you What'd you enjoy? What'd you do? What'd you like? Ooh, uh, so a lot of appearances because of the uh, the Grey Cup victory, uh, which is nice. Um, but also a lot of coaching, whether it be uh, quarterback coaching or just training in general. Um, just kind of getting to know some of the kids around the areas and the different cities. And also one thing I've noticed here compared to the states is the quality of coaching is a little bit different. It struggles here compared to the states just because obviously there's way more people in the states. And mm -hmm. by the states, I mean the USA, United yes. States of America. Okay. Just for those of you who aren't <laughs> sure. Um, just for us at the nights. <laughs> yeah. uh, and also the ones that are like position coaches, especially quarterback coaches, mm -hmm. they kind of just go off what they hear or like what's – uh, popular at the time. So really trying to be able to give them what they can take and make better for their game rather than just, oh, you know, you should try this because, you know, everyone else is doing it type thing. Uh, outside of uh, Russ Jackson, <laughs> there's not many guys who are Canadian who know how to play quarterback position at that level because CFL doesn't produce a lot of Canadian quarterbacks. So obviously the coaching, I'm sure, is real welcome to people in that position. Yes, sir. And then it's just getting, you know, word of mouth out of just trying to coach and work one-on-one -on -one with the kids because it's great to do, you know, working with 10, 15, 20 kids at a time. But at the same time, uh, you benefit a lot more from that one-on-one -on -one type training. So that's what I've been trying to get going. It's been keeping me really busy, but I've really been enjoying it. Well, James Franklin with us on the Eskimo Show today. Where have you been doing it? Uh, Sherwood Park and here in Edmonton. Um, and then I think there's a couple of different places like, uh, like St. Albert. That's correct. Um, okay. <laughs> I feel like it's Edmonton, but. Uh, and then there's one more, Fort Saskatchewan. Fort Saskatchewan, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, so just a few of those places, but mostly Sherwood Park in Edmonton. So you've been getting around and, and seeing a lot of the area then? Yes, sir. I've been driving around a lot, <laughs> putting the mileage on. Yeah. Now, you you were born in Oklahoma City, right? Yes, sir. But you grew up in Texas, mm -hmm. so you don't know much about winter then, right? No, sir. Um, I did live in Missouri for a little bit, and I went to university there. So it mm -hmm. uh, it got... In Fahrenheit, like, I don't know the uh, Celsius conversion yet, but in Fahrenheit, uh, it got down to zero before, mm -hmm. and I know 32 is freezing for us, so it got pretty cold, but I never had to play in it, but that was just, you know, a couple nights out yeah. of the winter, but I've uh, never really experienced a true winter. And you haven't this year either, because we got lucky this year, <laughs> there wasn't a ton of snow, and it wasn't really cold, so uh, right. you, you picked the right winter to uh, <laughs> to stay in Edmonton for sure. Yes, um, why? Why'd you stay here? A lot of, you know, I mean, you guys won the Grey Cup, you had your parties, and then probably uh, mid-December, most of the guys were heading home, and uh, we won't see them, a lot of them again until uh, later later in May and closer to training camp. How come you made the decision to stay in Edmonton? So uh, pretty much the day after, yeah, it was the day after the Grey Cup, um, I flew home back to the States, uh, my wife and I, just to see family and friends and everything. But we wanted to stay because um, we got our time with our family. You know, we live with our 
our parents growing up. We got to see all our friends in that area. We got to visit a lot. Um, but wanted to come back here and really get to start on our own because, you know, eventually we'd like to move back to the States, uh, most likely when football is over. But we want to come up here and establish ourselves and, and get to kind of be out there on our own um, and get to really know a new place in a new city because it's not every day you get to go to a new country and live there and work there um, as easily as we, we were able to here. So it was really nice, and we just wanted to take advantage of the opportunity and get to know uh, a city like this because where we live, we don't have uh, – we do have a bunch of cities, but where we live, we didn't live in any type of city like this. So we wanted to really see what it was like and kind of expand our horizons a little bit. Where was that that you lived? Where? Oh, in uh, and it's called Corinth. It's like 30 minutes north of Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then for her, it was uh, Norman, Oklahoma. But it was a place okay. called Noble, and it was like out in the middle of nowhere. So yeah. Norman, Oklahoma, that's a big football town. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Very big. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, how long have you been married? Coming up on two years. Coming up on two years. Yes, eh? July fifth. So, uh, and, so, and, and I think that's great that you made the commitment. Your wife made the commitment, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you spent a lot of time here. Uh, How did she feel her days? <laughs> so, uh, she's, actually, she's not coaching quarterbacks, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, she could now, I bet. But by um, osmosis, probably. <laughs> <laughs> she helped me go over the plays a lot during the season, so uh, that was uh, she was a big part of my success too. Um, but so during the season, it was a little bit different because uh, you know we'd gone for about five and a half six hours or so and so um you know she's trying to best to you know get up around eight or nine and then she'd do some cleaning she'd work out and then do some studying on her own from for different from different things then she was studying to become a personal trainer so she had this course that she was studying for too so now she's doing that um and she's got a couple clients and she's really enjoying Mm -hmm. that and it's actually keeps you a lot more busy than you think just with different planning different workouts then working out yourselves and then as we've gotten to know more people we've gotten to spend time with a couple friends and you guys did a, a couples workout thing, right? Yeah, I, yes, saw, I saw on Twitter. I think you were uh, you mm-hmm. were drumming up some business for that. Uh, what was that? How did it go? It went good. Um, so we're still doing it. It's called Two Fit Training, and it's you know basically like partner boot camps and competition at the end. Uh, it went really well. We I did a couple at Commonwealth. Um, a place called Wevi Fitness and then uh, Anytime Fitness and just having the people come and, and being able mm. to do the workouts and then compete at the end. They really like mm. that. And so I got a lot of good feedback and then now, um, you know, slow down since season's starting. But I'm hoping to get that started earlier next off season yeah. so, I can get, so I can get that role. So you got a good response? Yeah, yes, yeah. sir. A lot of people really did enjoy it. Yeah. Is that the, is that the, a lot of football players post-career, it's either coaching or personal training, things along that line. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're looking at, too? Or? Uh, possibly, yes, sir. More so uh, public speaking and motivational speaking. I like doing that a lot, mm-hmm. um, but definitely some some coaching in there, coaching and training, a little bit of a mix, um, just because I really like being able to help out people, especially from a quarterback standpoint, young and upcoming guys that just need some guidance. And I'm not trying to hurry up by talking about your post-football career. I know, oh, you, no, I know no. you, got, <laughs> you got a lot of years left in you still, don't yes, you? Sir. Hopefully, yes, sir. What was year one like as a professional last year? A lot of ups and downs, but it was uh, a fantastic year. I mean, I guess you can't ask for more than going to the Grey Cup and winning. But uh, you know, started off getting cut, thinking I wasn't going to play at all, put it on the practice roster. Okay, you know, great. Got to wait another year before I can step on the field. And then the first week, you know, when Mike went down, getting mm-hmm. moved up, and then uh, getting able to go in and help play a couple games and help the team win and do well, uh, and then getting to start a few, that was uh, huge because just from the beginning thinking, you know, all right, I've been out. This is my learning year. Kind of sit back, you know, relax, da da da, this and that. But then actually getting to go in and 
and play and see what it was like. I think that was very beneficial for me individually to grow and also uh, just for the team and getting able to experience mm-hmm. different types of leadership. Eskimo quarterback James Franklin is our guest this afternoon on the Eskimo Show. We'll talk more about his season when we return. You're listening to the Eskimo Show on 630 Chet. Eskimo show this week with uh, James Franklin, quarterback of the Eskimos uh, in. And uh, before we went to the break a couple of minutes ago, James, we were talking about your season and how uh, it was kind of a meteoric rise for you last year. You mentioned uh, you got cut out of the out of training camp. And by cut, you don't really mean cut because you're on the practice roster. You stayed with the team. Uh, but that only lasted for one game because of the injury to Mike Riley. First off, you got a lot of playing time in the two preseason games. Uh, how difficult was it to play that much? and play pretty well and still not get a spot on the team? Uh, if anything, it was just more um, defeating uh, personally, just feeling like you, know, you did well and then didn't feel like you did well enough. You know, you think, what could you have done better? What could you have done more? Uh, so it was definitely tough and a tough adjustment, but thankfully from some past experiences, I was uh, able to grow and get stronger mentally. So it didn't let it affect me too much. I mean, it was disappointing that day, and I, I felt like you know I had failed type thing, but then bounced back the next day and tried to focus on the positives. Did you give any thoughts to trying to go somewhere else? Because when you get put on the practice roster, you got to go through waivers, and other mm-hmm. teams have a chance at talking contract with you. Did you just want to stay here and go on the practice roster, or did you think about going somewhere else? I uh, definitely wanted to stay here. Talked a lot with Coach Jones and talked about like I know he's not here anymore, but the future plans and uh, possibilities and opportunities if you know certain things were to happen. So I uh, definitely wanted to stay, and I was. I know patience is uh, very good to have, and sometimes it's hard to be patient. But mm-hmm. um, I knew that good things come, and so I didn't think it was going to come like it did, but it ended up happening. Where I, I'm really thankful that I stayed. Yeah, the, uh, you use the phrase in case some things happen. Well, something happened in week one, <laughs> and that was, of course, the the bad injury to Mike Riley, which uh, basically elevated you from, I guess, fourth on the depth chart to second on the depth chart. Uh, Jordan Lynch kind of plays a a different kind of role as that third string mm-hmm. quarterback than than traditional uh, third string quarterbacks do. So he does the short yardage stuff, you came in and, and, and were the backup to Matt Nichols. And then the learning curve, I imagine, really took off at that point starting in, in week two. Yes, sir. And the more that I got to play, even com- excuse me, coming in towards the end and everything, the more I was able to pick it up and realize, like, okay, this this works or this doesn't work or, you know, maybe I can try this or I've seen these guys do this, so maybe I need to start working like that type thing. And it was very, very beneficial just to see the guys in front of me play and see the guys on other teams play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you kind of got the ball more and more as uh, the first half of the season went along. Do you remember uh, July 25th against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? <laughs> yes, sir. Two days That's after a, my birthday. That, that was, that was kind of your debut. I know you got the ball, <laughs> but that was the first time, was it not, that you got to play an extended period of time? Yes, sir. And uh, you went, as I recall, five for eight, checking <laughs> my stats here, five for eight, 83 yards and three touchdown passes. Yes, sir. That's, that's a pretty good way to, <laughs> to open some eyes, isn't it? Uh, I'd say so, yes, sir. I, what I remember most about that game is <laughs> those three incompletions were some of the easiest throws to make. They were just little flat routes that I threw in the dirt. Uh, and that was probably the biggest thing I took away from that game is, yeah, you know, I could have hit some throws downfield, but at the same time, if I would have hit those shorter throws, we could have stayed on the field a little bit longer, and, you know, who knows what happens after that. Well, you could have won. Oh, wait, you did win, so it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. Now, by the, the short throws, is that – am I thinking maybe because of the width of the field that – you? You misjudge things, or was it just you just just made bad throws, or just bad throws? Yeah. It's one of those things you kind of take for granted. Yeah. It's like okay, it's only within like technically it's like three yards past the line of scrimmage, but mm-hmm. maybe it's like a 20, 30 yard throw. But you think you know, oh, I can make this in my sleep. So you get a little bit lazy on your mechanics, and then it ends up going in the dirt. You rush things, you don't have proper footwork, and you don't make the throw. 
And uh, so that's the thing you learn your first game then, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's easy, right? That's right. Uh, uh, and then you went along, you played a little bit, and I was, I was just looking at your numbers uh, earlier today. Uh, your first 38 completions, you had five touchdown passes. So you got off to a real good start before you got your actual first start in the Canadian Football League. Yes, sir. Uh, that was one thing that I really learned from my senior year in university at Missouri is uh, – you know, there's nothing wrong thinking more aggressively than passively. So not think, don't throw an interception, think throw a touchdown. And you'd be amazed at when you can really think like that, how aggressive you your thoughts are and how confident you are going out. And, yeah, you think throw a touchdown. doesn't mean you have to throw the deep ball every time, but just, okay, this throw is going to get me closer to the end zone than this throw type thing. And you start thinking, uh, okay, I know I can make this throw. I'm going to make this throw compared to, okay, I don't know if I can do that or maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't take that chance and, I had to, I learned that pretty fast, but that was uh, something I took away from college. And so coming here, I was just thinking, you know, I want to make the most of opportunities and want to try and throw as many touchdowns as I can. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, no matter how talented you are, no matter how good of an athlete you are, if you're not right upstairs, you have trouble playing the game sometimes, right? Yes, sir. That's uh, that's a big part of it. I know guys always say it's a ten percent football's ten percent physical, ninety percent mental, and that's very true from the standpoint of it doesn't matter necessarily how gifted you are physically. Uh, if you don't have it right mentally, then you're going to make a lot of mistakes, a lot of mental errors and critical mm-hmm. errors out there because you have that lack of confidence and you have that doubt. Uh, and sometimes you're your worst enemy, um, more so than anyone else out there. And it's hard because a lot of guys get down on themselves uh, and they beat themselves up and then it just piles on game after game. It's like the old Yogi Berra line, eh, about baseball. This game's 90% mental and the other half is physical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so we, we've gone to... Uh, I've never heard that before. You've never, heard, no. you, you've never heard about Yogi Berra? Do you know who Yogi Berra is? Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, one of his, uh, you know, that's one of his great lines. Uh, okay. Like, when you come to the fork in the road, take it, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, if you ever want to have some fun, uh, just Google Yogi Berra sayings and uh, you'll just look at them and shake your head and laugh so uh, there I taught you something today I feel happy Uh, (laughs) after you got a taste you got your first start against the Toronto Argonauts I believe Mm -hmm. uh, in in late August Uh, what was it like going out for your first start it was exciting Um, I mean I know it'd been about a year since I had my first start or around a year and a half um, in university so it was definitely exciting, and the guys really helped me out and responded really well because, yeah, I know my stats were, were pretty good, but at the same time, special teams was really well, and the defense did a really good job too. So it made my start look even greater than it actually was, but it was mm-hmm. very helpful just because all the guys, they were positive, they didn't say anything negative. Um, they were behind me all the way, and they played well too. So that that helped out a lot. It made me feel a lot more comfortable feeling like I didn't have to do everything on the offensive side of the mm-hmm. ball because defense was doing well and special teams was doing well. Uh, you got the win. You threw for over 300 yards. Uh, everything fell into place pretty nicely. Yes, sir. Yeah, it was. Uh, it went well. Um, better than I guess. Better than expected. That uh, the week around that there was a little. I don't know how much inside the locker room you guys felt it or knew about it but there was a bit of a, a quarterback kerfuffle going along everyone who knew Mike Riley was close to coming back Matt Nichols had struggled a little bit uh, he ended up getting traded uh, did all of that stuff going on around you while you got your two starts uh, this year did that affect you did you notice it much did it have much of an impact on on the way you approach things not really, no, sir. Um, I mean, I know at the end of the day, it's not our decisions as players, you know, who's starting, who gets traded, and things like that. But uh, Matt, he was really nice about everything. I mean, he was never 
like mean or upset towards me or anything like that because I, I even felt bad because you know I obviously I want to play everyone wants to be the guy everyone wants to play and uh, I even apologized to him one time I was like hey Matt you know sorry about that he's like no dude there's nothing to be sorry about you know it's not your fault you're playing well and you got an opportunity and you took the most of it so uh, I never thought too much about like all that other stuff and Matt did a really good job of making me feel uh, comfortable, and he was really nice, which went a long way. Yeah, well, there's no doubt about that. Matt Nichols is a quality person. Yes, sir. Uh, I know we, I, you miss seeing him around all the time, I'm sure, because he, uh, he was a good friend of the media. He a uh, good interview and a good guy to be around. Uh, tough when those things happen, right? And guys are kind of extracted from your dressing room for yeah. reasons that aren't anybody's fault, just the way it happens. Guys get taken out of the dressing room, but you gotta, <laughs> the show must go on, right, as they say? Yes, sir. Uh, James Franklin is our uh, guest, Eskimos uh, quarterback, uh, going into his second year with the football club uh, this year. Uh, one thing I want I wanted to ask you, and I, I, I always want to talk to you about this last year a little bit. Uh, you got the start against Toronto, mm-hmm. got the win, played well, uh, got the start in Labor Day uh, in Calgary. Uh, in the second half, I think Mike Riley came mm-hmm. back in at that point. Um, first off, address uh, the, the the Labor Day game a little bit and how different. Did you notice a big difference in that game compared to to other games that you played last year? Because that's around here. That's a pretty big game. Yes, sir. Um, really, the biggest thing that I noticed was um, I let mentally. We were talking just we we're talking about how uh, it's ninety percent mental, ten percent physical. Mentally, uh, I was getting beat that game because it was a lot of things. Like I remember in the beginning, one of the uh, I think the second series. Darius Bowman was running the seam route, and I threw it, and I didn't put enough on it because I was thrown into the wind. And so, uh, I mean, he had the guy beat by five or six yards, but because I didn't throw it hard enough into the wind, it died and ended up batting it down. But then at that point, I was like, oh, man, I messed up. That was huge. Like, that would have been big for us. And then I was kind of harder on myself. And then another negative thing had happened, and I was like, oh, I can't be doing that. You know, like, the guys are counting on me. This is a a big game that we need to win. Uh, And then it just piled on. And then, of course, there was two times in the game. You know, usually I don't have a problem with it when I'm throwing it and the ball's slipping out of my hands wasn't under pressure or anything. I remember I was trying to throw mm-hmm. a slant, and it just slipped right out. Um, and then it was like I, I let the coaches get to me, too. He was one of the coaches. He was really getting on to me about not being focused, not being there mentally. And I, and I was focused, but, you know, things are going to happen, and everything's going to go your way type thing. And so even rolling out another time, I remember I went to throw it away, and then it just slipped out of my hand again. It was a fumble, and then we ended up getting it back and having a punt. But uh, So I was just letting all those things get to me, and then it was roughly around the time Mike was going to come back. And from that standpoint, I know they were thinking, like, okay, he he's going to be coming back, if not the next week. We're only down, I think we're only down, like, maybe seven mm-hmm. or, or 14 at the time. It's close enough to come back from anyway, yeah. Yes, sir, yeah. yeah. And so then they were figuring, you know, we might as well try it because he also has a ton more experience than I yeah. did. Um, so that, that was uh, definitely frustrating for me because I felt like I didn't put us in the best position to help us win. Um, but it was a learning game for sure. All right. Well, more on that when we come back. We've got to head to the 630 Chad 24-hour news center coming up here. Uh, James Franklin, our guest on uh, the Eskimo Show this afternoon. My name's Morley Scott. We're back after the news. I'll be less than a month from now. The Eskimos will be at uh, training camp for the 2016 season. So excitement sure is building. Uh, James Franklin, our guest this afternoon on the Eskimo Show. Uh, James, uh, how excited are you to get things rolling? I'm really excited. Um, just with a lot of the different stuff I've been doing in the off season and trying to work on my mechanics and then learning learning the new offense. I'm ready to give it a go and see how much I improved since last year. All right, so that's uh, less than a month. You'll be out in the field uh, uh, through training camp. We were talking before the news about that Labor Day game. Uh, you got, as you mentioned, Mike came back in, mm-hmm. in the second half of that game. Uh, you, I mean, you had impressed everybody up to that point. 
How disappointing was it for you that you never touched a ball the rest of the season? I mean, uh, you were there, you were there, you dressed, you're the backup, but I mean, Mike Riley just came back and it was so good the rest of the way. Was it, was it tough for you to kind of, after playing a lot, getting two starts, kind of taking that step back? Not necessarily, no, sir. Yeah. Just because I'd been in Mike's shoes, uh, university, getting hurt, and then having another guy come in only because you got hurt. So I knew at the end of the day it was still his team, and I knew uh, you know he had earned that spot, and he would earned to come back and to play all those games. And on top of that, we were winning, so yeah. I didn't really have an urge to want to come in and be like, all right, look, I should be playing. Even though we're winning, I should be playing because <laughs> at the end of the day, too. Not, not a great career move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to be on a winning team, and you want to mm-hmm. help the team have the success. And I was able to do that early on, and so him coming back and, and doing well and helping the team win, that was, that was all I wanted. And how good was he? when he came back to did really well it wow. was uh it was like he was everyone was joking saying it was good that he got hurt in the beginning because he was better i mean i know he only played it was like i think three and a half quarters or so but mm-hmm. he was better coming back from the injury than beforehand so uh i mean it did he did really well yeah uh and uh, i mean he went 10 straight games without a loss so you can't yeah. you can't argue about that what's <laughs> yeah. it what's it like to to work with him on a day in day out basis uh well I think it's pretty good. He always gives me a hard time, calls me Jimbo. Um, but uh, it's really good. He's really nice, and he's actually – it's kind of it's kind of difficult, like we were talking about, when you're in that situation where you're competing with the other guys. Uh, so sometimes, you know, you feel like the tension can be high in the room. But Mike always kept it really calm. He was never at all – when I went in and when he was on the sideline – because um, it's still coming back, and I went into games and stuff like that. He came over, he helped me every time, he talked to me about what I need to be looking for, this and that. Anytime I had asked him questions, he he wasn't holding anything back. He was giving me all, all the answers that I could, uh, that he could give me, and all the answers that he knew, and he was telling me and helping me out with that. And so it went a long way, and he was really great to work with because you don't feel like he's trying to like undercut you or anything like that. He's He wants you to, to be successful, and he wants to help out. So that was very comforting being able to work with him all last season. And and your role this year, obviously, is to be there for him and, and be ready if yeah. they need you to step in if something happens with him, yes, whether sir. it be a blowout in a game and they give him a rest or whether it's an injury or whatever the situation is. It's just uh, that's I would think that's kind of a, a tough job because – you got to be ready. As they say, you're one play away, right, as they always say? And that's what you have to really going into it, too. You don't want to come across as you're the guy, but as you're in your preparation, that's how you should be thinking because you need to be confident in knowing every single play, um, knowing your reads, the progression, all of it, so that way if that does happen, you can go in and then you can pick up right where he left off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to listen to something. Uh, this week, uh, the CFL began their uh, CFL preview conference calls, and the Eskimos were first up this past week. And uh, new Eskimos head coach Jason Moss was asked about you. I want you to listen right now to, uh, to what he responded. My impressions after minicamp is that he did some work in the offseason. He's, he's been diligent with his studying, the offense, uh, his preparation, uh, throwing, uh, physical, physically, he looked great. Uh, mentally, he looked sharp. Uh, he was sh- sharper than um, I felt. I-, I guess his sharpness of the offense and learning the offense became better uh, over the course of the last three months. So I'm excited for him. I think his sky's the limit in the league. Um, just needs an opportunity at that point. Um, and no-, no one knows or can forecast when that can happen. All right, that's your new head coach, Jason Moss. Give me your thoughts on what you just heard him say. Uh, definitely a very com- big compliment, and, and, and I appreciate that. Uh, one thing I've really gotten to know about Coach Moss the last couple weeks or couple months is that he's very verbal. 
Um, so he's going to tell you if you're wrong, if you're right, if you're good, if you're bad, he's going to tell you. Uh, but he, I think what he does a really good job of is being positive too and uplifting. So mm-hmm. that was very complimentary of what he said. And uh, I definitely take, you know, take it to heart. It means a lot that, you know, your head coach is saying that about you. And at the same time, though, it's good because it's a reassurance for me. So although, you know, I might not need to hear that from him, uh, he says that. And then I think, okay, I'm doing a good job. So I need to keep doing a good job and keep focusing on these things. And to have him say that about me, uh, it means a lot. And uh, I know that he's expects a lot of me when given the opportunity. So I'm definitely going to try and up, uh, live up to that. He talked about doing your homework and being more prepared. Is that, was that an off season goal to be like, it sounds like he's, I think he said, you, you know, the playbook better, you know what you're supposed to do more now and your reads are better and everything. Is that, was that a goal this off season? Yes, sir. Um, Cause last year too, I mean, I was knowing, it was, I knew the basic, it was like, you know, the offense one-on-one, I knew the basics and everything, but Sometimes I, I struggled with going through the progressions, or sometimes it was I took a long time to learn a few things. So I really wanted to get better at that, so that way when you're out there, you don't. I didn't have to think because football is a reaction mm-hmm. sport. So when you're out there, you don't want to be thinking too much, and that's what I really try to get to by the beginning of this training camp is to go out there and to react and not think while I'm out there playing. So that way it's going to be fun, it's going to feel natural, and then it's going to feel like it's just flying right by. How many balls have you thrown this off season? Oh, do you throw a lot? Yes, sir. Uh, so I did some. Mechanic training in uh, mechanics training in California. It was two weeks straight. Went two to three times a day for like ninety minutes. So I was probably throwing for that two weeks maybe five hundred balls a day. Wow. Um, so I'd say I'd, I've thrown a lot. I know that. Dude, does, your arm gets pretty tired, I'd imagine. Well, with this, I would say my arm new. gets tired playing darts. So I can't <laughs> imagine how you'd feel after five hundred <laughs> throws. Well, with the uh, the mechanics and, and things that I was learning, it actually it felt great. It didn't bother mm-hmm. me once. And it was because I was uh, a little bit sharper with my throwing motion. So it t- took away the wasted energy, and then it, it was less stress on my arm. Who's teaching you this? This guy. His name is Will Hewlett. It's this place called The Range, and uh, it's uh, he's from Australia. Really nice guy. If you if you ever watched the show The Arrow, uh, I can't remember his real name. He's he's from Canada. He's an actor. Yeah. But this guy looks just like him. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the guy on The Arrow. Yeah? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and he's from Australia. And yes, he's sir. teaching you how to throw a football. Yep. He took that's, two that's years. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he came to the states first uh, after when he turned eighteen years old and played football. And then he had some injuries, but he just studied the art of throwing and at its core. Mm. Uh, in every sport, how it's the same in basketball, uh, baseball, softball, football. I mean, all javelin, anything that has to do with throwing. I guess basketball doesn't, but you know, mm-hmm. maybe you throw a long uh, full court. Use two hands for basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah come on. <laughs> uh, and so we just really were going over a lot of that stuff, and it was just tremendous the stuff that hmm. I learned. And have you changed your mechanics much? Has, it, yes, has there been a drastic change, or? Uh, so when I think about it, yes, there's a drastic change. Uh, as far as muscle memory, I'd probably say I'm around 30 to 40% better than last year, and I'm a lot uh, crisp. But I, it, he helped me add about 17 yards to my throw. So Really? Yes, sir. So you can go deep now. Go yeah. a lot deep, or deeper. <laughs> deeper. You, can go, you showed us you can go deep last year, so you can go deeper. That's the plan, yes, sir. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So uh, it, are you to the point now where it's the new mechanics are kind of second nature? Getting there, yes, sir. So it's hard because I don't have him there to, you know, coach me up on every little thing. But at the core, uh, I feel a lot better and a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I know it's not as crisp as when I was there working, but it's better than last year. That's going to change at training camp, though, when guys are rushing you, right? When you're getting Odell Willis in your <laughs> well, face a little bit, you've got to try and keep that. Yeah, that must, be, that must be tough to try and go through those progressions and make sure you do things 
the way you want to do them even when you're under pressure like that because you don't have a lot of time, right? Yes, sir. And that's one of the things we did there too is we practiced for game situations. So it wasn't like, you know, okay, take a three-step drop, hitch, and throw this. It was as you're taking a three-step drop, you're going to get pressure. You're going to have to avoid and get the ball out on time like you would if you didn't have any pressure. And because that's how it's going to be most of the time in the game, you don't get just to drop back and nice and easy, one, two, three, and throw the ball. Sometimes you have to move around a lot, and that's what we did. So I'm hoping that'll transition over to when we start training camp. All right, we got a few more minutes left with James Franklin, Eskimo quarterback here on the Eskimo Show. We'll take a break and be back to wrap things up, and we continue. It's the Eskimo Show right here on 630 Chet. Back with Eskimo quarterback James Franklin on the uh, show this week. Uh, James, again, thanks for coming in. Appreciate your time today. Yes, sir. Uh, the Eskimos website says it was a year ago you signed your contract. Uh, it was a year ago this week. Uh, we're, we're actually taping this on Thursday, and it says it was April 28th, which today is. So that means uh, you've been an Eskimo for one year. Uh, <laughs> you've uh, is a little bit before that because I know you went to the mini camp last year before the contract was announced. But it's been a uh, real interesting year for you, I'm guessing. Yes, sir. Uh, it definitely has been. Uh, I've been really appreciative of it, and never thought I'd be where I was. Uh, I think maybe a year and. Two weeks ago, a year and three weeks ago from today, um, I didn't know anything about Canadian football. I didn't know I was going to be playing in Canada, nothing at all. And now I'm living in Canada, so that's uh, it's been really cool. And what it, take me through your uh, your NFL journeys uh, before you got to the point where you you signed with the Eskimos just over a year ago. Uh, you got out of school, and then uh, what happened? I got picked up as a free agent with the Detroit Lions, and I was there for. Um, about three and a half, four months, all the way through preseason. And I was really just there to be an extra body. I was a little naive at first. I was excited, thinking like, oh, I'm going to get a fair shot and this and that. Stafford better look out, <laughs> eh? <laughs> uh, but then, then it ended up being, I didn't get to play in any preseason games and things like that. And I was the only guy on the team that didn't get to uh, play in any preseason game. So I was kind of discouraged from that. And then once I got cut, um, I was thinking, you know, another team might, will pick me up. So I was training. I was went to back to Columbia, Missouri where my university was, and then I decided, you know what, no NFL team is going to want me, so I need to make sure and set myself up for an opportunity. So I called uh, Mr. Archie Manning and asked him about opportunities back to the NFL and this and that. Then he mentioned the CFL. So then I found all these tryouts, and then I went and started trying out for different teams. So we have Archie Manning to thank then. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I met him a while ago, and um, he told me he was really nice. He texted me a few times after my games my senior year. Um, very encouraging. He just said if I ever need anything to call. And so uh, I called and just talked to him for a little bit. And I know out of all the people that he knows, he took the time uh, to help me out, and it meant mm-hmm. a lot. And you didn't know at the time when he suggested it, you had no idea what the CFL was all about and no, sir. what the level of play was and <laughs> chances you could actually come up here and make a living? Yes, sir. I was thinking you guys threw around ice and <laughs> you know played in the snow all day. <laughs> uh, just in the playoffs. <laughs> just in the playoffs. Um, so how close were you to the point where you were going to go a different direction from football? So uh, I kind of made the personal note, so... My wife and I, we just got married right out of university, and we wanted to have kids and wait about four years, but we wanted to take the first few years to establish our relationship, get to know each other, um, and develop in that part of it because we knew it's very important. So um, I was saying, you know what? We've got plans. We, I don't want football to get in the way of that. So I was going to give it to the end of June, and if I didn't have anything happen with football, then I was going to hang up the cleats and move on from it. Mm-hmm. And wow. then it ended up being uh, – you know, I got the opportunity, and then once I got cut – 
uh, in the trade after the season because no, they wanted to put me in the practice roster until like a minute later. Um, then I was thinking like, oh, this is it. You know, I'm not playing football anymore. What was that process like? Did you so when you got when they told you you're getting released? Mm-hmm. They didn't tell you right away you're going on the practice roster or, or they wanted you on the practice roster? Or? They do pretty much. I mean, it's like maybe five minutes afterwards, yeah. but he's going and talking to It's a long five him. minutes. Oh, it is. Thinking like, oh, great. Now what? I'm going back home. There's no football. And it was definitely a lot of ups and downs, but it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have something in common. What's that? Uh, we're the son of preachers. I know uh, <laughs> my dad, my parents were ministers. Your dad's a minister and yes, uh, and, and still is and still uh, making rounds. I had a chance to meet him last year uh, when, when he and your mom were in, were in to visit. Uh, what was growing up like for you? It's actually really good. So one thing I appreciated a lot about my dad is he never forced anything on me and my three uh, older annoying sisters. Um, <laughs> I got one of those. <laughs> yeah. But he never made us uh, do anything or not do anything. And he always led by example. So I learned how to treat a woman from how my dad treated my mom. He never raised his voice, never yelled, never talked bad to her or about her, anything like that. And so I saw that. He didn't say, James, you can't talk to girls like this, and you can't do this, and you can't say that. He just, he showed me. And the same with his lifestyle. You know, with no drinking, it was like, James, you can't drink. He just never drank before. Mm -hmm. He never went to parties and did things like that. So uh, I learned a lot from him and my mom just being an example. And that was probably the best thing is just the example that they showed me uh, really meant a lot, and it stuck with me, and it stuck with me my whole life. Did you move around a lot when you were a kid? Yes, sir. So Mm -hmm. born in Oklahoma. Was there for like four years, then went to uh, Tennessee, Murfreesboro, Tennessee for two and a half, then Rolla, Missouri for five, and then Texas for about 10 or 12 until I went to college. I think I got you beat in the places we live, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's we're not talking about me today. Uh, so, and, and uh, do you, do, you do some speaking as well, right? Yes, sir. I do some uh, preaching and some motivational speaking. And uh, how much have you done in Edmonton? Uh, a lot, actually. I yeah. um, actually have this Friday I'm speaking at... Um, with athletes in action, speaking to the coaches. And then mm-hmm. I've been doing some stuff for Inbridge Towers um, at the church that I go to here and then at a couple different uh, schools. So it's been mm. really, really fun. All right. That's the one thing that impressed me. You've, you've uh, from, from a guy from the South uh, who didn't know anything about Canada a year ago, you've really, <laughs> you really embraced it. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I like learning new stuff. And so uh, learning more about the city of Edmonton and what, what I can do and where I can help out, I really like. Your dad taught you to say yes, sir, too, right? <laughs> yes, sir. He, he did. Dad, I think I'll still say sir and ma'am to my mom and dad forever mm-hmm. until I die. Well, that's that's nothing wrong with that. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, James Franklin, Eskimo quarterback, our guest on the Eskimo Show. we got a few more minutes uh, with James. Uh, the uh, I, I talked about we're taping this on the Thursday. Today's the NFL draft day mm-hmm. in the U.S. Uh, were you in the mix NFL draft day for, for your draft day? Uh, you didn't get drafted, right? No, sir. Uh, what was that day like? Were you expecting to be drafted? Were you hoping to be? Oh, obviously hoping to be drafted. <laughs> uh, run through that day for me when it was uh, when it was your turn. So a lot of up and ups and downs because uh, my 10th grade year at university, a really, really good year, and they said if I had that year, my junior year, the following year, I would have gone in the top three rounds in the draft. Mm-hmm. And then I had a bunch of injuries and this and that. Then I was off the radar nothing. So coming to my senior year, then I was doing really well. Um, we were 6-0. and I was leading second in the nation in total yards and everything. And then I got hurt, missed four games, came back, still did pretty good. But then I was off everyone's radar again. And so I was kind of like comparing myself to these other quarterbacks, like, okay, you know, he, if he get drafted in this round, I should at least, you know, go right behind him or maybe even in front of him. And then uh, they called the last, the, in the seventh, I think it was the 199th pick or something like that, very last pick. 
And uh, it wasn't me, and, and I knew pretty much by the sixth round that I wasn't going to get drafted. I was pretty pretty confident in that. And then there's only one team that called. And so it was kind of disappointing um, and very frustrating. felt like I didn't really do much because from going from thinking, you know, I could come as high as the first three earlier on yeah. to nothing at all and only one team calling, it definitely a blow to the heart. And uh, it, it took a, a lot of time. I was very frustrated, but at the same time when they called the, the Detroit Lions, I was very thankful for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. and, and when you got to the point where you knew you were coming to the CFL, did you talk with other CFL teams too? No, sir, because I didn't know this, but after my senior year in college, I – was put on the negotiation the list, yeah. 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 And um, so I think I was still on theirs, or mm -hmm. they put me on it again. So that's most really the only team that no, you could talk to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. yeah. Oh, it worked out well, right? Yes, it did. Yeah, <laughs> worked out really well. Uh, so uh, you got a month to kill, I guess. Now, right? That's that's the goal <laughs> to get to training camp. Is this a tough month for for uh, for players? Because you know, I mean, you've waited six months to get to get to training camp. No, sir. Um, I'm. I actually don't. I don't think it's a tough month. I've been mm -hmm. training all off season and and preparing, and then I might actually take a little break before training camp starts. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we went all this time. We went an hour. I didn't even ask you about the Grey Cup and 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 how winning the Grey Cup was. So you got about thirty seconds to tell me about your okay. Grey Cup day experience. What was it like? Uh, it was really cool. Um, I'm not really big into like trophies and rings and stuff like that, but the fact that we did win it and we went all the way and we accomplished what we wanted, that was really exciting. And just to see the excitement on guys' faces and knowing that, you know, we made it here and especially I got to be a part of it my first year in the CFL. It was great. So it was a very fun day. I got to see, spend it with my dad, my wife, and, and my teammates. So that was great. All right, there you go. That's uh, James Franklin's Grey Cup experience. It was, uh, it was a great day for everybody involved with the Edmonton Eskimos, <laughs> for sure, from, from fans to everybody else. James, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming in. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you. Yes, sir. Thank you. There you go. That's uh, James Franklin, Eskimos uh, quarterback. Uh, we're back one week from today. Seven days' time, we'll talk more football. Have a great Sunday afternoon, everybody.